Would you remain standing for our scripture reading, which comes from the Old Testament book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and this government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If I can invite you to be seated. Morning. It's good to be here with you all this morning as we begin the season of Advent together. I want to take a moment just to thank everyone who came out last Sunday afternoon to help get the church decorated for this season. The trees are up. The garland is hung. The joy signs out front. Um, everything looks wonderful and I'm just so appreciative of each of you and for the time that you took. Uh, This Advent, we're going to be spending some time uh, looking and using the traditional themes of the Advent season as we count them down on the Advent wreath and as we think about uh, the days and the time that we can spend preparing this season together for the celebration of Jesus' birth. This season is often filled with so many different things that are outside of the church, whether events or parties or concerts or games or, or just everything that can take away from the focus of what we're doing here. And so for the next four weeks, we're just going to spend time uh, looking at how p- hope and peace and joy and love help to focus our eyes on Jesus, who is the heart of Christmas. And so this morning, we're going to be looking about at how Jesus is the one in whom we can find and place our hope during this season. I thought it was fun getting to talk to our children in the children's time about hope because I think we can learn a lot about hope in the Christmas season by listening and talking to kids, can't we? Nothing says hope by watch, like watching a child's Christmas list evolve in the weeks before Christmas or the months, depending on your child. In fact, one of the more popular Christmas movies uh, is this one, right? Where the main character, Ralphie, expresses and shares his hope time and time again in the movie, that the thing that he wants for Christmas is a Red Ryder, I don't even know the exact line, the Red Ryder BB gun. And so he writes it out, he sticks to what he wants, and he's told time and time again, what? You're going to shoot your eye out. So I have a montage really fast, it's about a minute and a half, of the different times of this movie that we're going to watch, just of, uh, so if, if you'd go ahead. What would you like for Christmas? Horrified. I heard myself blurted out. I want an official Red Rider Carbon Action 2-inch airwaves while air rifle. No. Shoot your eye out. Oh, no. It was the classic mother BB gun block. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out. BB guns are dangerous. 
I don't want anybody shooting his eye out. Oh, no. You'll shoot your eye out? My mother must have gotten to Miss Shields. There could be no other explanation. You'll shoot your eye out! You'll shoot your eye out! <laughs> <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. No! Oh, my God, I shot my eye out. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. You'll shoot your eye out. Ho, ho, ho. Ralphie, you be careful out there. Don't shoot your eye out. Yes. Uh, who's watched Christmas Story yet already this season? Anybody? Yeah? We have not yet. Uh, the true reason you and I are able to have this hope, we know, during the season of Advent and during the season of Christmas is because of Jesus, is that His arrival fulfilled a prophecy that had been delivered hundreds of years before He was born. And it's the one that we heard this morning. When we read from the book of Isaiah, and there are other portions of the book of Isaiah that allude to Jesus and prophecy his coming, but this morning we read from Isaiah 9, verses 2 through 7, where the prophet Isaiah declares to the people of Israel that in him, in God, and in Jesus, the one that was to come, the people could place their hope. Isaiah was a prophet in Israel around 740 B.C., so this was a time when Israel was divided into two nations, the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. These two kingdoms were formed, they separated, after King Solomon died, and Solomon's son Rehoboam was trying to increase the tax load on the northern kingdom of Israel, and so they rebelled and they separated themselves from Judah, and so two countries were formed. Since dividing themselves from Jerusalem, the northern kingdom of Israel, was in a, they were in a bit of a pickle, I guess would be a good way to say, because what they had to do is they had to figure out how they could still worship God without orienting the worship of God around what happened in the temple in Jerusalem. And so if you think about it, it's really hard. Or then, uh, what their, their kings had to do and others had to do was to figure out how they could keep the people united in their worship as they had been when they were associated with Judah and Jerusalem without having to go to Jerusalem in order to worship. And so the northern kingdom struggled with who they were, with what they were, and they struggled with worshiping other gods through their entire existence. As their kings both tried to keep the country, the northern kingdom, a country, and to keep them united in how they were living and supporting the king and all of those things that we know are involved in that, while also keeping them separated from Jerusalem. And so Israel struggled from kings who were very close to God and then kings who rebelled and went totally different ways in, in idol worship. And it would just go back and forth. And so at the time of Isaiah, Israel had just struggled through the reign of four kings who were corrupt and led the people in idol worship. They were Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, which are really just names for us, but there's something for us to remember and to see that this was a time in the nation of Israel where things were, were very dark in terms of, of they were living in darkness and they were not walking in the light of God. 
And so Isaiah speaks these words knowing that God would need to act. Isaiah speaks these words knowing that God is going to act. Knowing that God is going to intervene at some point in his time to fulfill a promise to bring the people back to himself. Because as the kingdom was crumbling and as the walls were falling down around them, the people of Israel needed hope. They needed hope. And so it's in this time that God sent Isaiah to bring forth this word of hope. Where Isaiah, if you look at Isaiah 9 verses 2 through 7, Isaiah first acknowledges the brokenness and the darkness of where the people are at. Isaiah acknowledges the sinfulness of what is going on, the corruption of what is happening, the uh, worship of other gods, and the way that, that the people of Israel have strayed before Isaiah offers this promise and these words of hope that we read today that the child that is going to be born is the one that is going to make all things right. See, the people of Israel in the Old Testament needed Isaiah to remind them that God had not forgotten them. And that it was all in God's plan to send hope and to send Jesus. Because in our lighting of the Advent candle and in our gathering here together, we remember that Jesus brings us hope in this season of Advent because he is the heart of Christmas. And see, if you read the Gospel of Matthew... The Gospel of Matthew, we know that, that the writer of, of Matthew, was he was Jewish and, and his focus was communicating a gospel that was going to connect to men and women who were faithful Jewish worshipers, who went to the temple, who knew the scriptures, who knew the Old Testament, and who knew what they were looking for. And so Matthew goes out of his way in the writing of his gospel to be able to both show you and I who were to look for, but then also to speak to the people of Israel who are going to be looking for specific things. And so Matthew wrote his words because he knew that the baby that was going to be born in Bethlehem was the very hope. I mean, the baby had already been born for Matthew, right? He's writing a gospel, so he's writing about what has happened. But he wants people to see that the baby that was born is the hope that has been promised in the book of Isaiah. And so in Matthew 1, verses 21, 22 through 23, he writes this, All this took place. To fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. We're going to watch just a clip from the Nativity Story show, movie, where Joseph hears the call and then struggles with, um, with Mary's news that she's given him, that she's with child.
Joseph, fear not, for that which is conceived in Mary is of the Holy And you shall call his name Jesus. For it is he who will save his people from their sins. And oh, Mary, God showed me an angel came to me in my dream. Believe me. I believe you. Your child will need a father. I will declare him as my own. People, they will not look at you the same. They will not look at us the same. You are my wife. I am your husband, but there's not anyone need know. sit and watch the whole movie okay so i love the illustration that this movie offers us of the gospel that we're reading from matthew when this young man is struggling with the news that he's received that his betrothed is with child he has a difficult decision to make custom allowed him to break off the mere engagement but an angel of the lord appeared to him in a dream telling him to go forward with the wedding because the child in her womb was from the holy spirit these events had occurred so that the words and the prophecy of the prophet Isaiah would come true. A child who would be born, who was going to be the light in the darkness, and who would be a hope for all people. He would be Emmanuel, which means God with us. The center of Advent's focused on Jesus. And today we remember that he is the fulfillment of the hope that is promised to us by Isaiah. One of the reasons that this season is so special to us is that we live in a world that is similar to Israel. Our world is filled with darkness due to sin and corruption. Our world also experiences war and disease and all of these other obstacles that, that come between us and God. We too are in need of hope. And it's the hope that's offered to us by God who loves us through His Son Jesus. And so the season of Advent and the season of Christmas, aside from everything else that it could be, we all need to remember is that it's in this season that Christ offers us hope for whatever is going on in our lives. And in offering us hope, we can find healing, we can find restoration, we can find forgiveness, we can find guidance, or maybe we can just find a fresh start. Because every one of these things is available to us through the great hope that's offered us by God. Hope isn't the absence of conflict. Mary and Joseph certainly had difficulty in, in living out the hope that had been given to them and that was going to come through them in the birth of Jesus. 
Hope is not the absence of difficulty or trials or of struggles. But hope is in knowing that you and I are in the presence of God even as we face and even as we deal with whatever is before us. Even if that sometimes meets waiting. I mean, look at Isaiah. He offered words to the people of Israel 740 years or so before Jesus came. That's a lot of waiting. But he saw that one day in the future, he knew that one day in the future, God was going to bring a great light. That God was going to bring salvation and God was going to offer hope through the birth of a child. That child who was Jesus. The very person and the very presence of God on earth. Jesus who offers us hope, who offers us forgiveness, and who offers us the promise of life. And so we read these words from Isaiah because it reminds us of God's great plan in sending his son Jesus. It helps us to see God's plan of relationship that's offered to, to each of us that was part of God's plan from the very beginning. Even the, hope, the same hope is, is offered to you and me that was a present in in even when Adam and Eve were in the garden. Because the heart of Christmas and the heart of Jesus is hope. It's hope that's offered to us. And it's hope to offer to those who trust in Christ Jesus. Paul writes this about hope in Romans 15, 4. He says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Friends, the hope that Paul writes about is the hope that's offered to you and to me. It's the hope that's been at the center of God's plan from the very beginning to his people. And it's the hope that's offered to us through Jesus Christ as we prepare for and as we celebrate his arrival at the manger. Amen.